We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to a special edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'm Neil McCready. In this episode, we'll shift gears a little bit, talk some SEC basketball. Blake Lovell of Southeastern14.com joins me to discuss the upcoming college basketball season, what he expects to see from Chris Beard in year one at Ole Miss, and much more. Then Ben Mintz of Barstool Sports joins to talk about Saturday's game in Oxford between Vanderbilt and number 12 Ole Miss, as well as the weekend ahead in college football and the NFL. Please make the Oxford Exxon and Blue Sky a part of your football weekend. Stop by the Oxford Exxon on Highway 6 West in Oxford. You can fill up outside and grab some ribs inside. You can also check out their fantastic beer cooler. 34 degrees of sudsy goodness as you get ready for the Grove and uh, Ole Miss and Vanderbilt. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote. Within 15 minutes in business hours, it's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. Again, 662-257-1900. Corey and the people at Clark Ford, they want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. They'll prove to you what that means when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Blake Lovell, Ben Mintz, all guests join on the Campbell Clinic hotline. The Campbell Clinic's in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow. The Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care, pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic, Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Now here's Blake Lovell of Southeastern14.com on the Campbell Clinic Hotline. Blake Lovell of Southeastern14.com, kind enough to spend some time with us. They do a great job on everything, but they do a they do a bang-up job on basketball. Frankly, Blake does better job than almost anyone covering uh southeastern conference basketball so if as the season gets rolling here in a few weeks and you want to keep up with 
not just Ole Miss, but with the other teams in the league and, and um, that kind of thing, I highly recommend uh, their their content. Blake, how are you? Yeah, doing well, Neil. Thanks for uh, the kind words. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's here and uh, it's kind of as usual. An interesting time for the SEC, uh, I think, just in terms of where the league's at heading into this season. And so, yeah, it uh, should be another wild year as always. Before we get diving into it, how can people catch you, uh, podcast, video streams, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Southeastern 14, uh, mainly doing mostly YouTube stuff right now. So you can go to YouTube, search for Southeastern 14. You can find all of our SEC basketball previews. Uh, we're doing team-by-team previews. Uh, we'll, of course, have everything covered once the season starts. And then all of our SEC football and baseball stuff as well. So, yeah, it's all there. And um, find all my other stuff on Twitter at uh, Level. All right. So we did the media thing recently, media days. I know you were, you were probably there and, and uh, got a chance to visit with people. Um, you helped me with my ballot because I looked at my ballot and I was like, oh, God, I really, I really don't know because college basketball, like so many other – like college football, but maybe even on steroids, the teams change so dramatically from year to year with the, the portal and, and guys leaving and that kind of thing. And obviously, you know, I'm covering a program that's brand new, Chris Beard. New coaching staff, whole bunch of new faces. They don't exactly know who's going to be eligible yet. All of those things. So it's almost impossible. Um, the league media picked Tennessee, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Kentucky at the top four. They had Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State, and Florida five through eight. Missouri's nine. Ole Miss was 10th, followed by Vanderbilt, Georgia, LSU, South Carolina. Did anything in that? strike you as no no you guys you guys are idiots y'all really missed on that or is that <laughs> basically kind of what you thought i i thought this was honestly about as close as i've had like a preseason ranking that the sec has had uh so we combine them together it's about as close as i think i've i've seen in a while um I, I don't have much of an issue with anything on here i mean i think it was i was curious to see where alabama would be picked um because i do think there are people that may be a little higher on Alabama coming into the season than I am. Usually I'm the one that's very high on Alabama, but obviously when you lose all the talent that they lost off of last year's team, I think it's understandable to be a little more curious, um, especially on the defensive side, what this team looks like. So, um, you know, but it's not stunned to see them at five. That's about where I would have them probably compared to the other teams around them. Um, Mississippi State, I don't know what you do in Mississippi State. Uh, because, you know, Toulouse Smith's out until probably at least January. Uh, and so that completely changes to me sort of the dynamic of that team. And everybody can say, well, they've got, you know, guys returning that played a lot of minutes and all that. But let's keep in mind, it's the worst three-point shooting team in the country last season. Um, you know, so when teams forced them to shoot the three and said, hey, we're going to try to take things away from Toulouse Smith inside, they weren't able to capitalize. And so I'm not sure what that looks like. Uh, I think they've got a talented roster, but they're a team I'm pretty curious about. Uh, Florida, you know, is another team. And I think this range of teams, like you said, seven through basically even 12 to me, because I don't know what, you know, Georgia, I think is going to be better, but it's just, who do you move ahead of, right? Like, that's always the question is teams can be better, but it's just, I don't know who to put you ahead of. Um, so really these teams, Mississippi State, Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Georgia, I could see a very, you know, kind of variety of, of order in terms of how these teams finish. But I still think the top six there's probably going to be someone in that seven to 10, 11 range that, you know, winds up being the sleeper team cracks, you know, the top five, top six, but I'd have a hard time putting anyone ahead of the, the top six as it was uh, in the order of finish Tennessee, A&M, Arkansas, Kentucky, Bama, and Auburn. All right. Let's, let's dive into some of those teams. Um, 
Yeah, we'll start at the top. We'll start with Tennessee because I'm, I'm, uh, Santiago Vescu, but I can't even say his name. He, he's, he's back. Uh, he's a really veteran player. Uh, they've got a veteran backcourt. Barnes does a terrific job with them all the time. They're always going to defend, you know, that Vescovi. I couldn't think of his name. Uh, they always have a veteran presence about them. He's recruited at a really high level at, at Tennessee. And yet the thing that I think about, and I hate being this guy because I don't like defining a team by what it does in the NCAA tournament necessarily, but I just keep thinking about they're a first weekend club. They can't get out of the first weekend. They can't get out of their own way in the tournament. And it makes me at that point, I always come back and question Blake. Well, was the league any good? You know, did we overrate the league? And, and it's not fair to do that because the tournament's about matchups and stuff and there was health issues and that kind of thing. But what is it about this Tennessee team that we're all so uh, bullish about? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the it's the the theme of the the era in college basketball. I think it's just experience. Um, when you have that trio of Vescovy, Josiah Jordan James, Zakai Ziegler coming back at some point. I mean, there's not a another team in in the SEC that has that kind of experience returning that played at the level that those three have played at. Uh, and so I, I think that is kind of what the most intriguing element is of this Tennessee team. And look, they all defend too. And I think that's something else where, like you said, they're, they're going to play defense. They're going to be one of the top defensive teams in the country, usually the way it works um, with Tennessee. Now, the question always becomes, how do they evolve on offense? <laughs> there was inevitable, you know, we're going to say it right now. You can watch this three months from now, and there's a game going on that you're going to probably watch where Tennessee is going to go eight minutes without scoring, or it's just going to be ugly as can be. They're going to win a game 52 to 49 or something. Um, but, I mean, hey, that's just kind of how it's gone for this team. And I don't know that it'll be that much different with this particular team. I think you'll still see some of those issues. Um, but, you know, the elite defense, the return of those three guys in particular, you know, I didn't think James was coming back, uh, but he decides to come back, so now that gives him there. But I tell you, I think the reason this Tennessee team is more intriguing to me, and I always hesitate to say, oh, this could actually be one of his best teams because, like you said, it's going to be defined by what they do in the tournament, and I don't have a bracket yet to be able to say that. But they have some guys that I think are about to take a huge step, and Toby Awaka was like the talk of – um, you know, the off season, he was someone who was at the team USA uh, under 19 world cup, average, a double, double, um, average, a double, double in Tennessee's tour of Italy. I think a couple months ago, I mean, tremendous, just kind of offensive rebounding guy. He was big in some of those games that they needed for him to be big in towards the end of last year. So you have him kind of as a breakout candidate. I think you can say the same, you know, for Jonas, Adu. I mean, seven, five wingspan, but they've just, to me, got all the elements and they added Dalton connect. Um, who's just a, a guy who can score the ball. And so I think they've addressed some of the scoring issues. Freddie DeLeon's going to be the point guard until Zakai Ziegler comes back. He's someone I would say that everyone needs to circle um, because he is an ultimate kind of playmaker and could be kind of that next great Tennessee point guard. And so I think the depth, the experience, and hopefully the less um, inconsistent offense is what probably gives Tennessee a chance to win the league. So. All right, the team that I'm most intrigued by in the league, and maybe because I just like Buzz Williams, I just think they're fun. But he's got Wade Taylor the fourth preseason uh, SEC Player of the Year. Talk about teams that will defend you, a team that will absolutely defend you, that takes on the coach's personality over the course of a season. Um, 
And I've seen some people nationally say, hey, this is A&M's. If you're looking for sleeper teams to go to the Final Four, Texas A&M's one of them. What are your thoughts on the Aggies? I mean, if you, if you want to just make it very simple on Texas A&M, you think about what they did last year, and then you just to say this one thing. The only player they're really losing from just a key rotation standpoint is Dexter Dennis, which is a big loss because he was, I mean, he got after people. But that's it. Like, everybody else is back. Wade Taylor's back. Tyrese Radford's back. Um, you know, I mean, Julius Marble's back. Henry Coleman's back. They added Jace Carter to the mix, who I really like. He played at um, UIC last year, averaged about 17 points a game. To, and I said it as soon as he committed. I said, well, there's another Buzz Williams guy. Like, he plays just like every other guy on the roster. Like, he will fit in seamlessly, I think, into what they do. Starting five-wise, they they may have the best starting five in the league. Um, just because, again, you have the player of the year and Wade Taylor and all those other guys that play consistent minutes. But then you've got – you know, the same type of group on the bench where some of those guys got a lot of valuable minutes last year, whether it's, you know, uh, Manny Obaseki, whether it's, um, you know, a Hayden Hefner come out and make shots. Um, you know, there's other guys like that. I think Solomon Washington played about 10 to 12 minutes a game. They add some new guys to the mix that I think will play. So, I mean, they may not be a team, you know, that you're just wowed by one through 10 in terms of this, the numbers, but one through five, one through seven, they're as good as anybody. And I think, again, just kind of looking at what they got the best, one of the best backcourts in the SEC, there's no question about it. Uh, so you said it from the start. You know how they're going to defend. You know all the elements that that, element, that A&M does to make it difficult on teams. It's going to be the same type of thing. They'll get to the free throw line. This is just another one of those teams that feels very similar to last year um, where, you know, started off really slow last year and how could any of us expect them to win 25 games but now i think they're a little bit more sure what the rotation looks like and when you're led by wade taylor and tyrese radford i would be stunned unless injuries are the reason um i don't think you're looking at a team here that finishes probably outside the top four in the league arkansas loses three guys to the nba and yet there's a feeling around Fayetteville that this is a much better basketball team. That was a talented team, Nick Smith and Anthony Black and Walsh and all those guys. Tre- Trevon Brazil got hurt early in the season, really changed their team. He's back this year. Devontae Davis is back, veteran guy. And then you've got Musselman doing what Musselman does, which is going out in the portal and whatnot and kind of just completely rebuilding a roster around a, a few guys and I was in Fayetteville last weekend with my daughter for the her sorority dad's weekend, and one of her good friends, their family's big basketball boosters, and I saw them. They had just gotten back from the exhibition game against somebody. And I was like, what would you think? And they were super excited about what they saw, which is <laughs> kind of the buzz that you hear in Fayetteville. What do you expect from the Razorbacks? Yeah, I mean, you know, it kind of we talk about a theme with Tennessee is the experience. I mean, this – the difference between this Arkansas team and last year's Arkansas team is, remember, I mean, that team had, what, five or six freshmen, and, you know, you knew that you were relying on at least a couple of those guys to be kind of the driving force of everything that you did, yet, you know, they hadn't played much college basketball before. And so this team, though, must goes out, you know, as he usually does in the offseason. They identify exactly what they're looking for, exactly what they need, and how do they improve on what they didn't do well the year before. Well, to me, they went out and got older guys. Um, they went out and got guys who can shoot the three. And 
not, I mean, as, as always, the question is going to be, how's he going to keep everyone happy? Well, the answer is he's not. Um, right. Because right now you're like, they, they could go 12 deep, but we know they're not going to play 12 guys. Uh, so, you know, I don't know what the rotation looks like. I'd say Arkansas is probably the, the biggest mystery for me in terms of who knows what the men's distribution is for this team. But I think that's the difference is they, they kind of sputtered out a year ago during the regular season, of course. And then as, as always, they find a way to, to make a run in the NCAA tournament, but they just didn't have the experience, you know, the injuries, um, you know, you didn't get the full year out of Nick Smith. The Trevin Brazil injury was as significant as I think any in the SEC, uh, one of the most significant in the country, just because, I mean, as you know, if you watch this guy play early in the season, I mean, he was headed towards, you know, top five player in the SEC type season. I mean, he was showing all the things that everyone was intrigued by going into he the season. Good. If he's ready to lottery buzz, yeah, we're starting to talk yeah. about being a lottery pick. Yeah, he is. He is that prototypical, you know, NBA guy in that he can play pretty much anywhere. Um, you know, he can step out and shoot the three. I think Mus talked about this summer. You know, he's become a lot stronger. That's dangerous. Like he is again. That's why I said. I mean, <laughs> when people are filling out their ballot, I'm like. He's got to be on there somewhere. I know, you know, you haven't seen him play since he got injured last year, but if he's ready to go, he's going to be one of the best players in the SEC. And so the the depth, the experience, I mean, again, I could spend five minutes going through each guy, but, you know, Devo Davis's return, I thought was probably the biggest one of anybody in the SEC because he is that guy that is what played 102 games, I think, in the league, 62 starts yeah. in four seasons, um, one of the best defenders out there. So I think this has the chance. It, to me, I think it is Mus's deepest team there, um, but you know they need to improve the three-point shooting. I think they've got some guys that can do that. Why are we sleeping on Kentucky? I know they're fourth, and a lot of people are going <laughs> to put them in the top 25, but no one's talking about Kentucky really in the national race, and they've got Justin Edwards, and they've got Antonio Reeves, and Cal still has a really talented roster, but yet no one's really talking about them. I mean, I'm more, I'm like you. I'm more interested in, in, um, in Alabama than I am Kentucky. Uh you know, you talked about the guys that Musselman got. The one that he really, really wanted, Nelson, is at Alabama. You know, they they wanted him badly at, at Arkansas and didn't get him. I mean, it's almost like there's a temptation to skip over Kentucky, which feels like it would be a mistake. So why are we sleeping on the Cats? I just think we've we've hit a point with Kentucky where there is significant trust issues, I think, with John Calipari and what they can do. I mean, again, right, and that's a – it's basically three seasons running now, although, I, you know, in 2022 they win 26 games, but it's just the way the season ended. You know, to St. Peter's, you're just mm, – you know, it's just – it's the trust thing right now, I think, with Cal. And I said going the season, I think this is one of the more exciting rosters I think he's had. Um, and, look, it's just how does it translate, right? Because, like you said, I mean, it starts with Justin Edwards, who – a lot of people think a very good chance to be number one, number two pick in the draft next year. If everything goes according to plan, I mean, he will, you know, stuff the stat sheet. I don't want to say he's going to be Brandon Miller, but like, I, I feel like there is the potential for him to just, you know, he's going to be the stud freshman. I think this year, I don't think there's a lot of question about that. Um, but getting Antonio Reeves back, getting Trey Mitchell from West Virginia, those were the two biggest things for Kentucky because all the conversation we were having several months ago was, if they don't have experience, if Reeves isn't there, and we didn't know they were getting Mitchell at the time, what is this team going to do? Like, they don't have anyone that's played significant college basketball minutes on the roster. Well, now I think having those two guys there, it, it is significant because now you can you can match up a lot differently. You have a Reeves on the floor that, you know, can shoot the ball well, as we know. But now I think what Antonio Reeves has is he has a better supporting cast that complements 
his ability. And last year it felt like a team that just did not have a, an identity offensively. Um, and it's always the question, right? Cal, Cal said, now everybody record this because Cal has said he's going to let this team shoot more um, in terms of like outside shooting, but I'll believe it when I see it. Um, so if he does, I think they got a chance to be really, really good. But if he kind of stays sort of, I don't know, archaic with, with how he wants to run their offense, then they're going to have limitations. But um, I, I do. I think this roster is probably one of the more exciting ones I've seen him have in recent years. Uh, but the one thing I will say is Aaron Bradshaw's injury is going to determine a lot of that because, I mean, he is someone they expected to play from day one, a significant role. If he's not ready to go, you know, the depth in the front court, there's not a lot of it, I think, overall. Um, and so that puts some pressure on them. So hopefully, y'all, you know, Neil, like, Big man, foot injury, you're always going to have in the back of your head, like, uh-oh, yeah. this take a little longer than they, you think. They take time. I mean, just yeah. they just do. Big guys get hurt, and you yeah. if you rush them back, they re-injure it, and if you let it heal properly, they miss the rest of the season. That's just kind of the way it works. Yeah, so if he's good to go, everything goes according to plan with his recovery, I think this Kentucky team will – maybe be I've, I've kind of dubbed the cow's last stand here because it, it, it does kind of feel that way like i'm not saying they're gonna fire the guy but i mean I, I think this is it like you've got to sort of get them back to that next level and i think this is the roster to do it with if you ready to elevate your college football game day experience check out twisted tea your go-to game day beverage for college football fans twisted tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before it's made the real brewed tea impacts a flavorful punch with five percent alcohol no carbonation during the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every occasion no need to settle for the usual Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team, when you're tailgating in the stadium, parking lot, watching in a bar, hosting friends at home. It's there to elevate your game day experience and complement your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We'll have post-game coverage on uh, Saturday evening. My post-game column will be presented by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors. If you're searching for residential or commercial properties in Oxford or Tupelo, contact Whitney for amazing professional service and support. Contact Whitney at Whitney at tmhomes.com or 662-567-2573. Are you retiring soon? How long should you wait to take Social Security? What accounts should you pull from first? Are you already retired? Should you consider Roth conversions? These are just some of the questions that can only be answered with the personalized retirement income plan. Andrew Siegel with Siegel Wealth Management specializes in helping folks just like you come up with their retirement game plan. Whether you meet at his office in Collierville or prefer Zoom from anywhere, schedule a free discovery meeting and see what they can do for you. It's rebelsretire.com. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. ASTOC is a Nashville-based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1, no matter what the retail value may be. Shop now at astock.bid, that's A-S-T-O-C-K dot B-I-D, or download their app, name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. Astock has multiple locations around Nashville as well as Memphis, some in Indiana, and more that are coming soon, so don't miss out. 
And we're brought to you by the College Corner. If you're coming to Oxford this weekend for uh, the Vanderbilt game, stop by the newest location in the Oxford Commons right off of Sisk Avenue. They'll have uh, more than 4,000 square feet of the best Rebel gear, plenty of parking available. Their staff will have you in and out and ready for the Grove in no time. It opens. Uh, it's open back in mid-August. Check out their website, collegecornerstore.com, for more. They also have two locations in the Jackson area. And we're brought to you by Game Changer Patches, the only two-patch system available in the market. Stop hangovers before they start. you got the warm-up patch, the overtime patch uh, to recover uh, while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for your next play. Go to GameChangerPatch.com, enter the promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Podcast is brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. Single-game football tickets on sale. That includes Vanderbilt this weekend, Texas A&M next week. OleMissTix.com, season tickets for basketball, men's and women's on sale as well, and then general admission tickets for that Tad Pad game coming up in November against Sam Houston State. Again, not being streamed, not on television. You have to be in attendance for the game at Tad Smith Coliseum. Again, that is OleMissTix.com. Also, that address for the baseball buying season tickets and renewals that started this month. So you get that baseball, basketball, football, all your options. OleMissTix.com. Podcast is brought to you by GNM Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync. Free prescriptions the same day each month. Take care of you. They'll even transfer your medications. You make one phone call. They take care of the rest. That's Holly Springs with Tyson Drugs or GNM in Oxford, 662-236-2222. All right, so I'm going to put these other teams sort of in a bucket, and you can sort of sort it out for me. Uh, we, we talked about Mississippi State with with – to Lou Smith, I mean, they don't have him. It's hard for me to imagine that they've they got enough to make a run. I, I thought for Alabama, getting Grant Nelson was just a huge pickup. Everybody wanted him. Um, he was a dominant player previously. I don't know whether he'll be that dominant at the SEC level, but he's a guy that could I could easily see you know get, getting 18 and 11, night in, yeah. night out for, for uh, Nate Oates. Uh, you got Bruce Pearl, with, who's been so consistent at Auburn. Um, I was really impressed with what I saw from Florida late last season. Uh, I think Golden's a terrific coach. I think he's going to prove that. And then, look, the guy that's kind of was getting it done last year and, and he's got a good roster back is Missouri. Um, it's kind of those teams, when you sort of look at them in, in a mixture, that those, those feel like the teams. We'll talk about Ole Miss in a minute. Ole Miss has some eligibility issues that prevent me from putting them in that group. Those feel like the teams that are going to be sort of bubbly fighting for two, three spots in the NCAA tournament. When you look at them, how do you sort of sort them out? Yeah, I mean, look, there's always going to – not always. There usually is an A&M of last year, right? There's usually a team that maybe initially you're just like, eh, I don't know if they're ever going to get there. But then they just turn it on and they get there. I think – it probably comes out of one of these four teams. And, you know, it's like you have to put Alabama in that group. But it's like, well, it's the team that's won the league title two of the last three years. But it does, this is a different team. And, you know, a lot of people I've talked to around Alabama, they're like, I think that's the thing that people have to keep in mind. This, this is a different team. Like, you cannot compare this team to the one last year in terms of, I think, I just don't know if the ceiling is as high, certainly. Um, again, defensively, I've said it all summer. Like, that is – that is the question I have about Alabama is can they be a lead on defense? Because the reason they've won two of the last three titles in the league has not just been their offense. It's been their defense. They've been one of the top five defensive teams in the country in those two seasons. So 
that's the question for me with them. And I think they can separate themselves from this other group of teams that you just mentioned if they just can defend well. And that's where you know, I've seen a lot of praise here recently for a, a Jaron Stevenson, someone like that. You know, the guy reclassifies from 2024, top recruit, um, someone that I think is just a – he's a great rim protector. Um, and I think, you know, they're going to need him to step in and play a lot of that combination of roles that a uh, Noah Clowney or Charles Bediaco uh, played last year. And, and that's asking a lot, right, for a guy who reclassifies and um, has to step into that role. But I think that is it for me. I mean, you've got up transfers, which we always talk about. I think you always want to just see how guys adjust to the SEC, whether it's Aaron Estrada, Latrell Wright selling the backcourt, um, or a Grant Nelson, like you said. I don't have a lot of questions about Grant Nelson from a scoring standpoint. Now, the physicality of the league, defensively, those kind of things, sure, I think it's fair to ask that question. But um, that's it. I just want to see defensively what this team looks like. I don't have a lot of questions at all. Offensively, and keep in mind, too, with Alabama, they lost all three of their assistant coaches. So it's like you're completely turning over a lot of different things for a team that has had all this success. But I still think they probably are the team of this group that has the highest upside. Um, whereas, you know, Auburn, <laughs> Auburn's like Arkansas and, and like Florida, too. I'll lump them in there. They clearly went out and said, man, we got to be able to shoot the three. And they went out and got guys that can shoot the three. Aiden Holloway can shoot the three. Denver Jones can shoot the three. Um, you know, there's other guys on the roster that, that can shoot. I mean, I think Jani Broom's probably going to step out and shoot some threes this year, which is dangerous because he's one of the top players in the SEC. And, you know, that adds another element to his game. Uh, Florida, I think Florida, one through four in the backcourt with Riley Kugel, Will Richard, Walter Clayton, and Zion Pullen, they may be as good or better than anybody. Um, now the problem becomes the front court and not that it's necessarily a problem. It's just, I don't think they have the depth that a lot of other teams had. And that's where an EJ Jarvis who was transferring from Yale, you know, decides to retire from basketball. And that was just what several weeks ago. So that hurt them. I think just from a front court depth standpoint, uh, but their backcourt, you know, guys on the perimeter, but they may play all four of those guys at one time and go small ball and see what they can do. And then of course, anyone that knows my feelings on Dennis Gates at Missouri, I was the guy, you know, sort of pumping him up last year and said, hey, don't sleep on kind of what they can do in terms of rebuilding their their roster. They did it in year one. This roster is a little bit different. You know, I don't know that there's a Kobe Brown. I don't know that there's a Des Moines Hodge on this roster, but I think it's a deeper roster than the one he had last year. So um, making three-pointers, forcing turnovers, that was their key to success. And so all four of those teams, Neil, I just think – there's a lot of upside there. It's just it's hard to know exactly how they're going to sort themselves out. But I do think there's going to be one or two of those teams probably that we look up at the end of the season and not necessarily say they're a surprise, but maybe they are ahead of uh, you know some of those teams that are currently picked to be in the top four somewhere. If I told you that Musa Cisse and Brandon Miller Murray, I'm messing up names today. I was thinking about Brandon Miller just then. Brandon Murray and Musa Cisse, if I told you they were both eligible and playing, would Ole Miss become a candidate to be one of the surprise teams? Look, I, everyone thought we were silly when we did this probably three months ago now. But we were kind of you know trying to figure out, sort through rosters and say, all right, here's kind of the tiers we would put these teams in. And every single time, I try to keep putting Ole Miss down. Let's see, they're picked 10th in the league going into the year. I kept trying to find a way to put them down there. But ultimately, I wound up putting them kind of in the second tier of teams. I said, this is a, if these guys are eligible to play, I said, I would put them around the top five. Now, I'm not saying I would put them, you know, one, two, three, four, but I would put them around the top five somewhere. 
Um, and a lot of that, look, let's call it what it is. A lot of that is just the trust in Chris Beard yeah. because, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Like you can say whatever you want, but the numbers tell you that he has done this before where he can just come in and win right away. Um, I mean, again, it's like, where is he not one? And so I think of juice out of the orange, right? I mean, there's not going to be, yeah, there's not going to be anything left. He's going to, there's all that's going to be left is just what you throw in the compost heap. I mean, he's, he's going to get all the good out of it. Yeah. Yeah. For, for a, a program, I know that has been frustrating to watch, um, from an offensive standpoint and, and other standpoints too. Yeah. You know, Hey, I mean, it's, it's something where you know the defense, and when you just kind of look at the way the roster is built, like you said, if you add a CSA to the mix, obviously it speaks for itself defensively what he can do, um, what Brandon Murray could do offensively, that would give this team a huge boost. And so, yes, if, if they had those guys, I would have them. I could put them ahead of Mississippi State. I could put them ahead of Florida. I could put them ahead of Missouri. You know, may struggle to put them ahead of Alabama or Auburn right now, but I could see it happening. Um, yeah. But that guess what? It, to me, if you're a top seven Near top eight team in the SEC, that means you're an NCAA tournament team. So um, you just I, that's it. where I would put I think them. if they had those two guys, I would have them at seven. I would have them behind yeah. Tennessee, A&M, Arkansas, UK, and then the two schools out of Alabama. But I would have Ole Miss like knocking on the door with Alabama and Auburn. Yeah. Would be like, there wouldn't be a hell of a lot of difference. I would, I would just, no. you know, those, those two programs right now have more uh, – significantly more championship DNA than Ole Miss has. There's, there's no arguing that unless you just want to argue for the sake of arguing, yeah. at which point go for it. But I mean, they've Alabama and Auburn have won the last few years. Ole Miss hasn't. And so I would, I would give them the benefit of the doubt, but I'd put them right there. Okay. So here's the question, the follow up. As of today, they don't have those players without them, Blake. How good can Ole Miss be under Chris Beard? This, this, this. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's to me and, like you said, I think both guys are both of those guys would be essential for different reasons. But I think the Brandon Murray one, just from a scoring standpoint, and someone who has already played in the league and proven that he can score in this league, that is where I'm like, oh, if they just had that, because um, then it's like, okay, you're pairing him with a Matthew Morrell, you know, Jamin Brakefield. We know he's going to have a, I mean, not very high expectations for him. Alan Flanagan comes over; he's got experience in the league. You know, he can score too. Um, you know, and that's the thing. Flanagan's been battling injuries and stuff, you know, the past couple of years. And so I think it's, he's fully back, ready to go. I think he is, I've always said he's one of the more underrated players in the league, I think. And so just those, those guys right there. Uh, and then of course you add Sharp to the mix who, I mean, he's going to block shots. We know that. Um, and kind of be the, the focal point defensively, just based on, you know, how Chris Beard aligns things defensively and all that. When you have a, you know, a seven foot five guy in there, that's, that's a nice thing to have. Um, and so, yes, it, to me, it, it limits the ceiling a bit more because that's where, like I said, I think you'd, it'd be nice to have a combination of a Matthew Morrell and Brandon Murray to where, you know, you're down five with two minutes to go. They're all over Matthew Morrell. All right. Brandon Murray can take over. We feel pretty confident about that. And, and again, I'm not saying that a breakfield can't score consistently. I mean, maybe, you know, I mean, I know I've heard Beard talk a lot in the off season, like he, and this is the defensive aspect, but like TJ Caldwell, he thinks he's very high on TJ Caldwell and kind of what he could be from an improvement standpoint. I don't know offensively what that looks like, but, um, you know, you got Austin Nunez coming in, Jalen Murray, um, you know, plays key minutes on that St. Peter's team a couple of years ago. And so they're, they're a fascinating team to me. Um, but I, I don't, 
I'm not against, you know, everyone thinking maybe they're the 10th best team in the league without Brandon Murray and without Musa Cisse, because I think they're, they're still in that spot where you want to see it. Um, especially for me from an offensive standpoint. And so, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't think that's disrespecting Ole Miss to have him at 10. No, I don't either. I, I think you're exactly right. What Murray does is he lets you, he takes some of the pressure off Matthew Morrell from a scoring standpoint. And he lets Jamin Breakfield be a third option, a fourth option. He yeah. lets Alan Flanagan be what he was on that really good Auburn team with, you know, Jabari Smith and, and Walker Kessler, where I mean, you look up and Flanagan was a pretty good player, but he was never really the main option. He was a, a fourth option yeah. on that team, and, and he, it was dangerous in that way. If you ask those guys to move up and you're like, hey, Matt, carry the team offensively, um, you know, we, we need big moments from Flanagan. We need all, you, you start asking guys to do things that maybe gets a little on the edges of their comfort zone and that gets harder. Yeah. But, you know, I, I do think, I do think they're, they're going to benefit from having the weight of the Kermit Davis thing behind them because last year, pretty early in the year, it was like you knew he was, okay, this is hot seat. Oh, he's in trouble. Yeah. That stuff hangs on a team. They won't have that this year. Instead, they have a, a coach who's taken, Texas Tech to overtime of the national championship game. I mean, he's Chris Beard's one of the best coaches in the country. And I, I think he, he adds multiple wins to your slate just by showing up. Sorry, Neil. My dog has uh, decided to, to, to make his entrance here into the, the picture. But, you know, something else I was thinking about with Morrell is, I mean, the, the three point shooting numbers were not good, right? Last year. And I mean, that's, but you know what? That's where, like, again, the, this is where you're like, oh, just get that waiver because that's where like a Brandon Murray, you know, teams can't just game plan around and make. And that's where like I think last year, sure, his three point numbers were not great for for Morrell, but he gets easier shots and he gets better shots if you have a someone like a Brandon Murray on the floor, right? And so, and like you said, that then gets Jamin Breakfield easier shots and, and better opportunities to score. And so, yeah. Um, so, so I don't know. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see. As always, I think there's going to be someone we're not talking a lot about um, that kind of breaks out into someone that becomes a pretty reliable score. But uh, I'm curious to see, you know, who that is. Again, assuming that a that a Brandon Murray uh, is not an option. So, just real quick, that last four group: Vandy, Georgia, LSU, South Carolina. There's really no hope for any of those four teams to make a ton of noise, right? There's just, there's just not the talent there. <laughs> I mean, that kind of like I said earlier, I think LSU's interesting to me. Um, I think they're going to be better, but it's like, again, who do you put them ahead of? Um, you know, they added Jordan Wright. He's got a lot of experience from Vanderbilt. They added, you know, different guys, I think, that are going to be able to help them be better because that they were just a terrible offensive team last year. Uh, but I couldn't, I, the best I could do is probably put them ahead of Georgia right now. Uh, maybe Vanderbilt. I don't know. I think Vanderbilt could have one of the best backcourts in the SEC with Ezra Manion coming back and Tyron Lawrence coming back. But, hey, I mean, I I know Vanderbilt fans are very excited and optimistic, but I look around, I'm still like, hey, you can get on Jordan Wright all you want last year, but he was still one of the guys that willed them to that run that they made late in the season. Liam Robbins, um, I've heard some people say they're better without him. I don't know where that's coming from. Uh, I, You know, he was – statistically the best player in the sec in several categories last year. Um, and so I, I don't know. I think depth would be a concern I have for them, but I will say something like, Hey, Jerry Stackhouse has proven me wrong. And a lot of people wrong, um, you know, over the past couple of years in terms of how the teams develop from start to finish. And I think that is something I will say that Vanderbilt 
may once again be the surprise team we're talking about towards the end of the year because they do a good job, I think, of developing what they have. Now, they haven't recruited to the level that a lot of other teams have recruited to, but I think they've done a good job getting the most out of guys. And, again, having two potential All-SEC guards coming back, that's a great start. Um, so if there's any one of this group, I think it's Vanderbilt. that probably, once again, is a surprise one. But South Carolina, I just think, is the, the, not a Lamont Paris thing. I just think they were just too far behind uh, when he took the job last year. And that was a roster that just needed a huge overhaul. And they're just not there yet. Georgia, I think Georgia's roster is better this year. But, I mean, and you hate to kind of put Mike White in this category way down here. But, again, I don't know who I'd put him ahead of. So, All right, last thing. Look into your crystal ball, middle of March, how many SEC teams are in the tournament? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say it's I, – I tell you, I think I could go eight with this group. Um, and I think it's probably a scenario where you get one in the play-in game or whatever, kind of like you know last year Mississippi State winds up there. But I do think it's hard to look at seven of these teams and be like, yeah, I don't see it, see it happen. I mean, I think there's pretty sure that one through six to me, Tennessee, A&M, Arkansas, Kentucky, Alabama, Auburn – I'd be shocked if any of those teams don't make the tournament. Uh, beyond that, is again, you're going to have a couple of those teams that maybe it is a Mississippi State. Maybe they get to the Smith earlier than later in terms of when he comes back. Maybe it's early January, something like that, mid-January. That's enough to kind of hang on a little bit uh, and get into that mix. I think Florida, as I said earlier, is the team that I think Florida, I don't want to say it's not a must make the NCAA tournament for Todd Cole. I'm not saying he's going to get fired, but – I think it's pretty important they make the NCAA tournament this year with the roster that they built. So, yeah, I think I would probably go eight. And, again, that's probably a scenario where you get a team in the first four, something like that, or, you know, an 11 seed somewhere in there. But uh, one through – I mean, I mentioned one through ten, maybe 11 if Vanderbilt is exceeding expectations. That's going to be a lot of fun because um, there's there's a lot of those teams that are equipped, I think, to make an NCAA tournament, although we know it's only going to be probably eight at most. So. Blake, I uh, really appreciate the time. It's uh, southeastern14.com, the Blake level on Twitter. Check out their uh, all their stuff on YouTube, and uh, you'll as basketball season gets rolling, you'll you guys will be glad you did because they cover it incredibly well. When everybody else is still super focused on football, they they turn that page a little better than than a lot of people. So kudos to you. Thanks for being with us. I appreciate it. No, you got it, Neil. Thanks for having me. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Podcast brought to you by Prom Shrimp. Promshrimp.com. Seven different flavors available for you. Everything from the signature, their uh, garlic, their uh, kind of all purpose versatile option you want to stop barbecue the garlic herb butter lemon cracked pepper so many different things that you should try them all and you can do that with our help because if you get at least five pouches or more 25 percent off using code rg with primeshrimp.com that's five pouches or more 25 percent off code rg they mail it right to you you throw it in the freezer then t- 10 minutes freezer to plate ready to go if you need help with dinner tonight make it fast kids have activities Tons of ways to use it, salads, protein, uh, snacks, and more. So that's PrimeShrimp.com. Again, five pouches or more, 25% off with code RG. Brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle based in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. They've got clients in uh, multiple states, advisors in multiple states. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much more at uh, Pinnacle. Investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. So uh, Pinnacle will sit down with you. They'll study your goals, uh, look at your expenses, put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. It's MyPinWealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, Wealth.com. We're brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you're thinking about traveling, you want a special trip that creates a lifetime of unique memories, get in touch with John, give him some parameters, give him a budget, He's going to give you options that you're going to have a difficult time finding on your own. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Uh, Oxford's newest Greek restaurant, Opa, is a perfect place to plan your Christmas dinner, your company dinner, your festive party event. Opa can accommodate up to 200 guests. Uh, they have fabulous food, great craft libations as well. For catering or booking information, contact Jeannie, 601 421 7147. And we're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency, connecting great job job opportunities to candidates since 1967. Uh, if you're on the job hunt, they can help you whether you're uh, seeking an entry level position or if you're a seasoned professional, they've got opportunities across the board. If your company is looking to hire quality, hard to find talent, Service Specialists can help you as well. It's um, 662 832 5138. Ask for Will, Sydney, or Kelsey. Or give them a call at service or on the website, I should say, servicespecialistltd.com. Get the beautiful and healthy smile you deserve at Corinth Dental. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state of the art procedures that will result in a beautiful, long lasting smile. From routine checkups to advanced treatment, including implants and Invisalign, Corinth Dental is here to help you achieve your smile goals. Schedule your appointment today. Take the first step toward a better version of yourself at CorinthDental.com. Are you a displaced corporate executive? Are you wanting to put your career in your own hands? Uh, If you are, Andy Ludeke can help. He owns multiple franchises and businesses. He uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy. Put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. You've got nothing to lose. It's MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net or 404-973-9901.
Fall is here, gentlemen. It's about to get busy during the holidays. Don't let that stop you from sticking to your habits and doing the best version of yourself. That's where our friends at Caldera Lab come in. They're the best in the skincare game with an easy routine. They keep your face looking pretty no matter your schedule. Plus, what's better than gift than a clear skin? Join the other other 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your best self and first impressions this fall. Plus, it's a great gift. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen leads off their product lineup twice a day routine to transform your skin. I know the skincare world is heavily female-driven and long been the wild, wild west for men. That's why they're making it simple. They got three products, the Clean Slate, the Base Layer, and the Good. The Clean Slate starts and ends your day. The Base Layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin, and the Good is your go-to multifunctional serum at night to help your skin look tighter and smoother, reduce visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. They're the leader in men's skincare, made with top-tier ingredients, and clinical trials have found 94% of men showed an overall younger-looking appearance after using Caldera Lab for just a few weeks. One minute in the morning, one minute at night is all you need to reduce your wrinkles, and we're going to help you out just for our audience. We have an exclusive deal. You're not beating this offer. Use MPW at CalderaLab.com and get 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code MPW at CalderaLab.com to make an unforgettable first impression and the best gift for the holidays. Podcast also brought to you by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-E-R-C, Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's anyspark.com, 662-238-3159, phone service, parental controls, network security, and much more. So again, get the best internet in Lafayette County. That's 662-238-3159. Thanks to Blake for his time on uh, the show. We're presented by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store. Count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. A crazy schedule can make it easy to fall back into your dinnertime recipe rut. Keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every week. So there's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. With so many in-season ingredients, you'll taste all the freshness of fall and every bite of HelloFresh's craft, chef-crafted recipes. Produce travels, uh, I should say produce travels from the farm to your door for peak ripeness you can taste. HelloFresh does all the shopping and meal planning for you. Ingredients arrive at your doorstep pre-portioned, ready to cook, along with pictured step-by-step recipe cards. How easy is that? We all know that HelloFresh takes the hassle out of mealtime. But did you know it can also save you money? HelloFresh is 25% less expensive than takeout, so that means you can get an easy home-cooked meal on the table and more money back in your pocket. It's soccer season in our house. That means some late nights where cooking is impossible. Thanks to HelloFresh, we can get back from the game, have a delicious, healthy meal ready in minutes. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50MPW and use code 50MPW for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50MPW. Use code 50MPW for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Fall is here, gentlemen. It's about to get busy during the holidays, so don't let that stop you from sticking to your habits and being the best version of yourself. That's where our friends at Caldera Lab come in. These guys are the best in the skincare game, and with an easy routine, they keep your face looking great no matter your schedule. Plus, what's a better gift than clear skin? Join the more than 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your best self and first impression this fall. 
Plus, it's a great gift. As I get older, I know I have to take care of my skin more seriously. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skin care, and the regimen leads off their product lineup. It's a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. Caldera Lab knows the skincare world is heavily female-driven, has long been the wild, wild west for men, and that's why they're making the solution simple. The regimen includes three products, the Clean Slate, the Base Layer, and the Good. The Clean Slate starts and ends your day. The face wash leaves. All skin types refreshed. The Base Layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin, jumpstart your day full of confidence, and the Good is your go-to multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother as well as helps reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. Every drop of this serum is packed with 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. Caldera Lab is the leader in men's skin care made up with only top-tier ingredients. Its clinical trials have found 94% of men's skin showed an overall younger-looking appearance after using Caldera Lab for a few weeks. One minute morning and night is all it takes to reduce your wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. And just for our audience, we have an exclusive deal. You're not going to beat this offer. Use MPW at CalderaLab.com. Get 20% off right now. Get 20% off with code MPW at CalderaLab.com to make unforgettable first impressions with the best gift this holidays. Now, here's Ben Mintz of Barstool Sports on the Campbell Clinic Hotline. Ben Mintz, Barstool Sports, joins us as he does almost every week here on the extra edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast. Need to tell Jeffrey that I'm taping a podcast right now, and I'll call him back. Um, so let's start. Uh, let's start with this. I know it's been a couple of weeks now since you guys announced the partnership with uh, the Grove Collective and uh, with Brickwatch. I know you're trying to get to fifty. Uh, last we talked, you were around 25 or so. Where, where do you stand now? Between, so I've got four more commitments of people that are moving money around that I trust. And like we've got 26 sold with four more commitments. So we're at like 30. Uh, honestly, I think that's a really good effort. I appreciate everybody buying them. I mean, we're not talking about a small price point. Things are 1919 at checkout at brickwatchcompany.com. Grove Collective gets 1000 and Dave Portnoy gets 919. Uh, I think we're doing really, really well. And I know if we get to 40 or 45, we'll close real, real strong. And I think I got something lined up already on that. But the hard part is getting from like 30 to 40 because I've, you know, I, I, I've taken this real seriously. Uh, anybody that's interested in these, DM me at Stool Mincy on Twitter or Instagram. I'll give you a personal phone call if you're interested in them, introduce myself. I mean, I'm doing anything to get this done. Uh, but I've kind of like exhausted all my personal phone calls at this point. And I knew that we could get to 20 pretty easy. And now we're like 25 turning to 30, which is good. But it's these next 10 are going to be a war of attrition. So anybody you know that's interested in supporting the Grove Collective, a uh, thousand bucks, get a sweet watch, uh, DM me. Uh, we're trying to get this done. We got to get Dave Portnoy and Big Cat and everybody. Uh, two won't miss and shooting for Georgia weekend next year. And I want to reiterate how much I, I want to thank everyone that supported this because that's a big commitment. Show, show the watch again. Oh yeah, we got the. I, I rock the silver one's my favorite one, but there's a, there's five or six different options. Um, but this is my favorite one because I kind of like it's like not too flashy. It's like understated. I think it uh, works really well. But just check out uh, anybody with questions far away. Dave Portnoy is definitely. I texted him this morning about it, uh, getting a sales update. He, he's happy with the progress for sure. 
And uh, we just got to finish strong. And, you know, and I think like, hey, anybody, Christmas gifts too, man. You know, anybody want to do something nice for somebody for Christmas, uh, a brick watch under the tree will do it. So that's uh, that's kind of my spiel. But thanks for everybody for supporting. All right, let's jump into the games. Not, not a whole lot of games to talk about this weekend. So we'll get your kind of a quick look back. Obviously, by the time people see this, it's late Thursday. So the Auburn game is ancient history. But that thing played out about the way you and I thought it would. Yeah, it was a grind-out, ugly game, kind of like you and I both expected. Uh, you knew Auburn would play extremely hard at home on defense and with that crowd, and they did. But uh, got to give Ole Miss credit, though. The Pete, you know, Lane talked about it after the game. The Pete Golding thing's just been—I mean, he, talk about just knocking it out of the park. The LSU's got like basically their 2019 offense right now. No other team's gotten to 30 against Ole Miss this year. I mean, you held Arkansas to 30, what six yards rushing, 20 points. You held Auburn to 14. On the road, you know, the second half against Tulane, the adjustments were spectacular. They held him to three points after the half. I mean, Pete Goldings, I know he's making a lot of money, but he's been worth every bit of it. And I think the defense uh, is the big story. But also, Quinchon Judkins, over 100 yards. I think the offensive line is playing better with the run blocking. Uh, Trey Harris, we've seen it this year because he's been nicked up a lot. When he is injured, the passing game, is nothing compared to when he's playing and he's healthy. I mean, he is a bona fide number one, and I, I just really happy with the win. I mean, that game was it was real ugly in the second, third quarter it was fourteen fourteen, and I had a lot of concerns. But they had the long drive where Trey Harris caught a few passes, and then Judkins had the you know kind of game breaking drive, uh, busting the runs, and what a good win. I mean, went on the road. You know, we had beaten Auburn twice in a row since fifty one and fifty two. I, I don't think people realize you can't take this stuff for granted, and now. Uh, obviously, this week, Vandy, not the toughest one, but a realistic shot at a 10-win season for the second time in three years. I, you know, you look at Ole Miss's history, and especially before the NIL thing, Ole Miss, you know, I know Freeze pulled in the big recruits, but, you know, you couldn't really beat Bama and LSU in the recruiting, but now Ole Miss has played the NIL in the transfer portal game, and Lane Kiffin specifically in the Grove Collective, uh, as good as anybody as far as batting above their weight, and uh, it's cool to be a part of. Yeah. Um, I, I give Kiffin, a, I've given him a ton of credit this week for a number of things. I loved his answer about the defense, and he pointed out that you know, look, you had to you had to address some things after the LSU game, but you also had to acknowledge. And boy, fans struggle with this, Ben. It's a fandom thing. I get it, kinda, but it's worse now than ever before because of social media and people are so emotional. Sometimes you have to acknowledge that the other team is good. Like and, yeah. and Lane Lane did that from day one with LSU. Like, look, this is an elite offense, and when they get rolling, they're really hard to stop. And he's like, you know, instead of, yeah, we had to fix some things and we had to acknowledge some things, but we didn't need to panic. We didn't need to scrap everything because that was LSU. Had I mean, he didn't say this, but what he meant was, had that been like Kentucky, well, then you got a real problem. But it was LSU. It was Jaden Daniels and it was those receivers, and that's a good back, and it's a good front, and uh, they got the talented tight end, and 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 they're they're just elite. They can really be explosive, and so I felt that was an interesting answer. That it was like, yeah, we had to, we had to look at it, but we still kind of felt like we were on the right path defensively, and they've proven that here in these last couple of games against uh, Arkansas and Auburn teams that are far more pedestrian on on offense than LSU. And, They've gotten those kind of results to put them in the spot like you talked about too. And the other thing with Lane too, I gotta give Lane a lot of credit on this. 
he's done a great job. All the games Ole Miss is like favored to win, Ole Miss wins. I mean, he doesn't – he – you know, the freeze era was, you know, you'd have big upsets, but then you'd lose to Memphis. You know, you'd kind of have some big highs and then – Bad lows. I know Lane got a lot of heat until LSU, like maybe he hadn't pulled too many upsets. But you know the spots that Ole Miss is supposed to win, he always wins, and uh, you got to. There's a lot to be said for that. And that, like I said, yes. I mean, I, I, people were mad at me last week, Ole Miss fans, because I, you know, I'm always gonna call it like I see it because I'm a gambler. But I mean, I was really worried about that game. People were like, shut up, you don't know what to talk about. It. I mean, I just know how hard it is uh, to go on the road and win at Auburn at night and the freeze thing. So I, I think this is. You know, it may have not been the prettiest game, but I, I think that was just a, just a beyond massive win. And uh, now, you know, like I said, going back to Oxford for Vandy, 6.30 kickoff. I actually wish I could go Saturday night because I think it's going to be a party in the stadium, especially in the first half. Uh, the night, what they've done with the atmosphere in the night games, the lights and the music and the shows and everything. I mean, I, I hate to miss this one because uh, I kind of think it's a celebration of the season, and I hope all our fans – you know, really, really throw down and embrace this game Saturday night. You got a night SEC game, even if you're a 25-point favorite in uh, the South's greatest rivalry, the Ole Miss Vandy, uh, you know, that we're, that we're about to lose, which makes me upset. But I, I think uh, that – I hope the atmosphere is super rocking because the team and players and Lane deserve it with the year they're having. And I think it will be, though. I, I really do. I think people are really, really hyped up right now. From a betting standpoint, this thing – 25 points is a bunch, isn't it? That's a lot. I mean, I just don't – I don't know that Ole Miss is going to be motivated. When I say Ole Miss, I mean Kiffin and everybody. I don't know that they're going to be motivated to do what it would take to win this thing by 30-plus points. Yeah, my thing – do you remember the game two years ago? I think Ole Miss won like 31-17. Do you remember that game with Corral? Like we kind of won ugly. Yeah, it was real. It, I, feel like, I, I don't really know what's going to happen in this. I mean, Ole Miss could just beat the brakes off them. And you also have the Lane-Kiffin thing. It seems like Kiffin – you know, he ain't going to say it, but he, he it seems like, you know, you saw it in the Georgia Tech game. You saw it in the South Carolina game a couple years ago. He knows what that point spread is. It seems like you'll see some Ole Miss touchdowns late in the fourth and try to get it and make people happy, I feel like. Yeah. He'll never say that. But, with, but, but he'll, he'll only do that with backups this time. I mean, he, he knows what's coming on the other side of this. I think, he, I think he knows that he has a team that has played a bunch of emotional games in a row and has a – Really, really big one coming up next next Saturday, and then potentially the one after that being like one of those shots that you only get so often, right? That yeah. I mean, I just I just don't know that you burn. You've got this reservoir of emotional capital, and I don't know how much of it you spend on Saturday. My guess yeah. is not much. My, I'm actually looking at under sixty three and a half a little bit in this thing. I think that's high with the way the Ole Miss defense has been playing. I don't think Vandy is going to score like a ton of points, and so I'm kind of looking at that under a little bit. I'm going to wait and see what the weather is like as the week goes on, but uh, I feel like sixty three and a half might be high with how well Ole Miss's defense has been playing lately. Let's dive into some other games. I want to touch on a few, then we'll get to NFL and we'll get you out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk, we'll talk about the Chicago move too because I'm moving more. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma's at Kansas. This is a game that some people are circling. The Sooners a ten point favorite. I hadn't seen because though uh, Jalen Daniels, the Kansas quarterback, I don't think he's played since September. I need to see. I need to look up what his status is because if he's playing, Kansas has a lot better shot because he's so mobile. And I think he can keep him in it. Um, if he if he's out, I mean, I don't I don't know that they can keep up. I love. We'll say this though, Lance Leipold or Leipold, unbelievable coach of Kansas. Whatever. I mean, I'm talking no one inherited a worse situation than what Les Miles left him at Kansas, and he's been able to make something of it. And I don't – I mean, I think there's probably only five or ten coaches in the entire country that could have done what he's done there. 
Uh, here's an interesting game. We're going to be talking about the Aggies a lot next week. South Carolina heads to College Station. Uh, Jimbo and the boys giving 14. I kind of like A&M in the number here. Yeah, South Carolina, it's going real bad. I, I'm mad at myself that I wasn't – I liked Missouri last week and should have been bigger on it because they got their hearts ripped out in that Florida game at home, and then they had that Columbia trip, and, like, I, that looked like it set up bad. Now you got a second straight road game. They're 2-5. and five. I mean, it's headed south. Uh, Rattler, you know, he finished the year so strong last year, but he's always been inconsistent, hot, cold. And, man, th- this, this is one – I mean, I, I get what you're saying because A&M needs a really solid bounce back win. It's just so hard to lay 14 with A&M in that offense right now. But yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm A&M or nothing. I, the only thing with Rattler, though, it's like right when you count them out and they stink, he can get real hot randomly. He's kind of that kind of hot. He's like a heat check microwave quarterback. Clemson heads to NC State. The uh, Tigers giving 10 in Raleigh. How can Clemson lay 10 on the road against anybody? If you haven't watched them play, they can't score. They lost to Miami last week. they got to be deflated. NC State's gotten beaten down for years in this game. Uh, NC State also made a quarterback change and got Brennan Armstrong to Virginia transfer out, and that's addition by subtraction because he couldn't throw. So I'm taking NC State plus 10. The over-under is only 43-and-a-half. Yep. You know, I always say this all the time, and one of the tricks to point spreads. Laying, getting 10 points when the over-under is 43 is a lot different than getting 10 when the over-under is 68 and there's going to be a ton of points scored. And I think people got to realize, like, on a 43-and-a-half over-under, how do you lay 10? I mean, this thing's going to be a grinded out, like, 24-20, 20-17. So I, I'm taking the home dog here. Give me NC State. Yeah, I agree with you completely. All right, the uh, the big cocktail party in Jacksonville, Georgia, giving 14-and-a-half to Billy Napier and the Gators. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, Ben. There's a part of me here that thinks 14 and a half is a trick number. And I, I think, I think, I think Georgia's going to, I, I kind of think Georgia's going to run by that number a little bit against the Gators. Yeah. And you know, well, the thing is, this isn't a trap for Georgia because this is their big rivalry game. And were they off? I think they were off last week. They were off last week. Yep. Yeah. So they're going to be ready for this thing. And the other thing, too, I know Graham Mertz played better at South Carolina, but I still need to see more before I actually believe in him. Uh, Pierce saw that receiver's good, though, for Florida. He's really good. But, no, the only thing – losing Brock Bowers, though, does hurt Georgia a lot. I mean, he was the one guy that made them multiple and elite. I sort of was looking at under 47.5 here, possibly. I know that's not the highest over-under, but, like, I don't really see much of a shootout come. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if Georgia won this thing, like, 31-10. to 10. You know, yep. just dominate, dominant defensive effort. Mertz can't do anything because he's not mobile. You know, I, but I think this is the spot where Georgia off a bye. Like, this is not – like, they got up for that Kentucky game because it's set up good, and they should be up for this one. Oregon heads to Utah, probably the national game of the week. The uh, the Ducks getting um, giving six and a half in Salt Lake City, where Utah's typically really good. Yeah, and Oregon, I just think they're so much better at home than they are on the road, and they have been for years. So I'm leaning Utah plus six and a half. It's just a shame that Cam Rising was supposed to come back and play beginning of the year, and we hadn't seen him yet because Utah's, you know, the big win at USC, 34-32 last week. I really like their running game. I like their home field advantage. So, yeah, give me the home dog here. This feels like a week, by the way. We're hitting late October. I think there's a lot of home underdog value this week in kind of weird trap spots like this. Uh Louisville is a home favorite, giving four to Duke coming off that uh, emotional loss for the Blue Devils. Yeah, so this one's interesting. I've been hearing, by the way, I'm hearing a lot. I don't know if you're hearing this because we're both media. I'm hearing a lot of smoke about Mike Elko, A&M, uh, already. I'm hearing, and he was the defensive coordinator there, and it makes a ton of sense. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot about it. 
Uh, the question for them, and we'll talk about this a lot next week because this is a huge swing of games for Jimbo Fisher, is does Mike Elko change the calculus enough to justify 60-some-odd million dollars in buyout? That's, that's the question. Does Mike Elko move the needle enough to justify that? But here's their problem. If they don't move on him now, right, I'm just using this as a as a hypothetical. I don't I, I don't know anything. I, I promise. If you don't move on Elko now and you decide, hey, we're gonna wait, we're gonna give this another year, and then say Arkansas fires Pittman and Arkansas hires Mike Elko. Mm-hmm. Well now you didn't get your guy. And people go, Well, he's he, maybe he'd leave Arkansas after a year to go to A and M and maybe he would. But that's tough, right? So if, if, if you've decided that Mike Elko is your guy, well, then you need to go get your guy. The question is, does that move the needle enough to justify that amount of money? Well, my thing is money is – the thing is, like, money is a relative thing in life. And, like, 60-something million is a crazy amount of money, but the Aggies have unlimited money. They don't care. 60-something yeah. million to them doesn't – like, they're just like, whatever. We want to be good at football regardless of what it costs. So I don't think the buyouts as big an object, as crazy as that sounds to say. I really think it's just about them winning and being respectable. Uh, but uh, as far as Duke Louisville, one thing I don't think people – another thing that's an analyst an analysis thing I've been doing more lately, that second tough road game is real tough on road teams. Like, like they get real up for Florida State. They're winning 2017 in the third. They got blown out in the fourth, 38-20. Now you got to go on the road to Louisville, who, you know, has had a really good year. They got tripped up at Pitt, uh, you know, a trap game after the Notre Dame win. But Jeff Brom's doing a spectacular job coaching. Uh you know, I, I think I slightly lean Louisville here, but not like a super strong opinion. Duke actually has the number two pass defense in the country, which is a wild stat, by the way. No, he's done a he's done a really good job there. He he's good. Uh, Mississippi State heads to Auburn. The Bulldogs getting six and a half on the Plains. What do we look? I know it was ugly, but man, what a win for Mississippi State last week at Arkansas. I mean, yeah, it was seven three. But who cares? That's a really good road win. I mean, you know, we we all know the Ole Miss history in Fayetteville. Uh, so, you know, I kind of think I kind of think state. I just think six and a half is a lot of points in what's going to be a very ugly, low-scoring game. And I also think Auburn, that was their big game last week, and they lost that. And now this is like an eleven a.m. kind of hangovery, weird game. I'm kind of thinking the Bulldogs got a shot. The over/under is forty-three and a half, which is low, but I would not bet the over, uh, judging by these two offenses from what I've seen. I'm looking to see if anything else stands out. Um, I got a couple. I like the under a lot in Colorado UCLA at 63 and a half. UCLA actually has a good defense this year, which is yeah. crazy because if they'd have had any semblance of defense last year, they might have made the playoff with how good that offense was. So I was looking. I'm looking at the Colorado UCLA under 63 and a half. I'm scrolling. Um, I'm just flying through. What do you think, said, about, what do you think about Arizona State as a six point? Uh, six-point underdog at home against Washington State. Kind of like them. Dillingham, I mean, they're one and six, but that, that defensive effort against Washington last week was spectacular. It was impressive. He's doing a good job. Uh, I know. Wait till year two when that quarterback's a sophomore. I think that that could be something. Man, I'm sort of looking at BYU plus 17 and a half. Neil, I almost that – you heard me on here last week talking about that Houston game. I know. I had that money line when they got – I thought they got the first down. The third down, I know you saw that play, the third and two. I thought he got it. I mean, I was – I mean, that was almost like one of my best calls of all time, an 11-to-1 money line. 
Uh, that was, man, that was something. But I kind of look at a BYU plus 17 and a half. I know BYU got blown out of TCU, but Texas is not, you know, you were just out. They look bad with that backup quarterback in the fourth quarter. That's a lot of points. Yeah, I yeah. don't I don't hate, as it's just to roll the dice, I don't hate the BYU money line. They wanted Arkansas. I mean, I know they got blasted at TCU, but it's I don't plus, hate it either. It's plus 625. No, I don't. I don't hate it either because, like I said, I, I I think Texas should be playing Arch. I know the other kid they got can throw a good deep ball because I went to that spring game. But Arch can play four games and still redshirt with this new rule. I don't know why Arch isn't starting here. Yeah, I think they should start him. Well, that's and that's gonna be the that's gonna be the thing that's in the stands too. Is you know we want Arch and all that kind of stuff. And and so you, what you don't know is is Arch ready or not? Who knows, right? But well, he said but, he looked really good. He wasn't in spring because he was a high school senior. I went to their spring game, but he supposedly looked really good in fall camp from everything I heard. Yeah, uh, I'll take one other game. I got a strong opinion on. I really like Kentucky plus three and a half at home against Tennessee. Oh. Ten, what what's the old saying? You lose twice to Alabama, you know. Tennessee up twenty to seven and a half and gets just steamrolled twenty seven nothing on the road by their arch rival and now you got to go into a night game against a Kentucky team that completely hates Tennessee uh, and you know how much this game means to Kentucky and also just don't trust Joe Milton on the road Tennessee seems like a team that's been a lot better at home in that environment kneeling than they are on the road uh, I'm, I'm I'm taking Kentucky plus three and a half as a home dog here I mean that like I said, it's a real thing that second that game after Alabama with how physical playing Bama is. So I, I really like Kentucky there. Um, right, that's kind of like Wisconsin, maybe. Oh, maybe. Wisconsin, okay. Maybe because Luke Fickle's an Ohio State guy, getting fourteen and a half. Ohio State's coming off that Penn State big win. I just think it's going to be a lower scoring game, and because of that, fourteen and a half seems like a lot. Uh, last opinion, uh, a couple others. Uh, Oklahoma State has really gotten together. They finally found a quarterback. They played like three of them this year. The last three, I mean, they lost at home. South Alabama blasted them, and I know you know Kane Womack. But since then, home win Kansas State, home win Kansas, road win West Virginia. They scored 48 points last week. I think they might beat Cincinnati off four or five touchdowns. It's seven and a half. But I think what you're seeing with that big club, with schools like Cincinnati and Houston and BYU and Central Florida, they're learning what it's like to have to play real teams week to week and go on the road because, like, it's just a different deal when you only have to get up for two or three big games a year in the American. But now when you have to do this every single week, the grind of it uh, really gets to you. So I think that's one that could be a blowout. And Here's last what, one. I'll tell you what, I don't hate along those lines. I don't hate the money line on West Virginia at UCF. All right, with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients, seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep, skip trips to the grocery store, and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Turn to HelloFresh Market for yummy add-ons and enjoy the season's limited-time fall flavors lineup. Feast on desserts like the apple cider cake, caramel sauce. Please make a crowd. Please a crowd with appetizers like the barbecue pulled pork nachos. And don't forget the mini pumpkin cheesecake, perfect for a me-time treat. We all know HelloFresh takes the hassle out of mealtime, but you know it can also save you money. HelloFresh is 25% less expensive than takeout. That means you get an easy home-cooked meal on the table and more money back on your pocket. I've used it a lot over the course of the years, again, with busy schedules and whatnot. They make it easy. You don't have to be a chef to uh, put the meals on the tables. It's all very easily done there with HelloFresh. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50MPW. Use code 50MPW for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50 MPW. Southern Traditions Farm is a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails, 
a lot offered at Southern Traditions. Horseback riding offerings from beginner lessons to advanced to competing in nationally recognized competitions. Um, it's also a great venue for events, so get in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Would you like some peace of mind knowing that your roof is taken care of? Whether you need an inspection, a new roof, or a maintenance program, Riverland Roofing has you covered. Home or business, as a GAF Master Elite contractor, they can offer warranties that last a lifetime. Licensed and insured, Riverland services Mississippi and its surrounding states. So text or call Riverland today at 662-644-4297. Are you ready for the ultimate college experience? Welcome to College Town Oxford, your new home away from home. They know you want the best. That's exactly what they offer. No more long commutes or missing out on campus events at Ole Miss. College Town Oxford is right next door to the Ole Miss campus, offering spacious two, three, four, and five-bedroom cottages, each with individual leases because they believe in flexibility and simplicity. Their incredible amenities will have you feeling like you're living in a resort. So whether it's a weekend binge watch session or hosting the best game day parties, you'll do it in comfort and style, cheering on the Rebels with your friends. The community is designed to give you the perfect blend of comfort and convenience. So don't break up the gang. Grab your friends. Pick out your favorite floor plan. Reserve it today at collegetownoxford.com. You can also text their VIP list and be the first to know when uh, leasing for fall 2024 is open. 662 3-0-0-3-7-3-3. Podcast is brought to you by Johnson Hill Creamery, johnsonhillcreamery.com. Vanderbilt this weekend, Texas A&M next week. Let them take care of your Hellgate packages. They feed 10, 20, or 40. They make it easy. Season winding down, but huge games remaining. Let them help you out. It's easy. All you got to do is tell them what game you want to order food for and what you'd like to pick up on Friday or Saturday. You can pick up right there at Chicory Market in Oxford. Everything from their charcuterie trays, their grazing trays, their artisanal cheese trays. They make the cheeses locally and in-house every day. They got sandwich trays, the cheesecake dip that's a huge favorite, cookies, brownies, and much more. So you order right there online. Don't even have to talk to anybody. It's johnsonhillcreamery.com. Mm. Yeah, if that game, gosh, I just always have trouble trusting West Virginia on the road. But UCF did play well against Oklahoma last they week. Did, they left a lot on the table. Yeah, they did. That's an interesting one. I just West Virginia struggles on the roads. My only problem with that. Yeah. Uh, I sort of like Arizona plus three and a half at home against Oregon State. Arizona's been so feisty this year. Mm. I had no idea what's coming, but they, you know, almost won at USC. Uh, they fought Washington at home. They blew out Washington State at home. Uh, I mean, at Washington State, which I was surprised by. And Oregon State, like, they're really good at home, but DJ Uyunglele still kind of struggles on the road. I don't trust them laying points on the road. So a lot of home underdog value this week is kind of kind of the way I'm seeing it in college. All right, let's jump through the NFL real quick. We'll skip the Thursday game because by the time people see and hear this, the Bucks and Bills will be done. Um, let's do it. NFL, by the way, Neil, historic run for me. I've, I've won money all seven Sundays. I've never done that in my life. Because uh, the NFL is so hard week to week, but I've all seven weeks I won. I, sm- I just smacked them again. Remember the e- that Eagles Sunday night calls my big one last week. Um, but yeah, we got to keep it going, man. I'm really really hot. All right, we'll just roll through these, and you, we'll, you can talk about the ones that that uh, have some that, that you see value. Uh, Philadelphia's in Washington as a six and a half point uh, favorite on the road in in DC. The Commanders coming off a loss to the Eagles. I like oh, the Giants. Uh, I like I like, I like the Commanders here. I think this is a rat line at under seven at six and a half. Washington almost beat Philly. They lost on that touchdown at the end, like at the end of regulation a few weeks ago. 
Uh, Washington lost as a road favorite last week. Everybody saw the Eagles look good on Sunday night football. I, I think this is a spot where the American public's going to lose some money betting on the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm, I'm on the other side. And also, home division, home dogs in division games is a real thing, too. So, NFC East game. So, I'm on Washington. Uh, New England heads to Miami coming off of a, a big win over uh... – Who'd they beat? They beat, uh, they, they beat the Bills. Beat the that Buffalo. was the one that I was wrong on, and I never take road favorites, and I thought Buffalo would bounce back on Sunday night, and that was the one I was wrong on last week, and that's why I never bet road favorites, and we're back to not doing it. Patriots getting uh, nine and a half in Miami against the Dolphins. I think Miami's going to beat the dog crap out of them. Uh, Miami all – like, I'm a – NFL, I think the trick to NFL a lot is people overanalyze last week too much and don't look at the big thing. And everybody just saw New England actually win one and Miami's off a loss. I think this, and Miami at home, I mean, New England's, even when New England was Super Bowl champs all the time and Miami stunk, they always struggle in this game in Miami. This has always been a real problem for them under Belichick. So uh, I'm on Miami. I think Miami, I mean, I think this one's going to get bloody. Jets and Giants get together. There really is no road team here. The uh, Jets giving three to the Giants. I got been back and forth on it, so that means I just don't know. All right. Minnesota goes to Green Bay. The uh, The Vikings a one-point favorite on the road at Lambeau. This one feels ratty. I like Green Bay. Uh, they're off that awful effort in Denver, and I know Jordan Love's not very good. But Minnesota, like people are trying to talk them up after the Monday night win, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I just I think this is another one where everybody's going to be on Minnesota and I'm on the other side. Interesting game here. Rams go to the Cowboys. Rams a six and a half point underdog at Dallas. Dallas off a bye. Uh, man, I'll tell you this is a weird thing to say. I actually am kind of looking at over forty five and a half here because Dallas games kind of randomly get high scoring at home. And you know I like now that the Rams have cup with Puka I think they got some weapons. I, I, I couldn't figure out the Cowboys by six and a half. I mean, I guess if I had to take something, I'd take the points because it's like winning. That, if you don't know, just take the points kind of yeah. thing. Uh, but I'm looking at the over a little bit. Jacksonville heads to Pittsburgh. Interesting AFC game. The Jags, a two and a half point. I think I know where you're going to go here. Jacksonville, a two and a half point road favorite. It got really wild in the Superdome last Thursday night, by the way, in that Jag Saints game. That was a crazy – I was in there for that. That was nuts. Uh, yeah, I mean, if Mike Tomlin's an underdog or home underdog, you just bet on him and it does – you don't even analyze it. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's he's like 50% against the spread as an underdog, as a coach, but then when they're favored and they're supposed to win, they always stink. So I, I think you just got to take Pittsburgh here. Jacksonville's kind of due to drop one, too, at 5-2. and two. Atlanta, this is crazy. Atlanta, a road favorite in Nashville against the Titans. Three points. I got nothing on this one. Arthur Smith uh, going back to Tennessee. I'm hearing the Titans might be starting Will Levis, which is going to be really ugly. I just don't think he's ready to play quarterback in the NFL. Uh, the over-under is like 36-and-a-half, and you know what? Give me the under anyway because both oh. these teams play really ugly games, and I think we're looking at another like 16-13, just super, super exciting game here. Texans a road favorite in Carolina. C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young. Texans get it, giving three in Charlotte. I know this is a spot where I say I don't like road favorites, but C.J. Stroud's got to be looking across the field laughing at this team for taking Bryce Young over him. And I thought it was the wrong move when they did it then, and I still think it today. And tell you what, Houston, D'Amico Ryan's year one. Defense playing pretty good. He brought a Shanahan assistant over with them for the Niners to be call plays. Their play calling is good. They do some stuff. One bet that I thought I was going to look at, I need to look at the odds. I think I want to take Houston to make the playoffs. 
if you oh. get long odds. They're three and three right now, but I feel like you probably could still get good value. They're in that bad division with the. Uh, they always play good. They already beat Jacksonville once. They're in that bad division. I mean, I think they can get to nine and eight and ten and seven, maybe snag that seventh wild card. So, uh, you know, I need to look up the odds on that, but I think that's one I want to look at a little bit. Saints head to Indy. The Saints a one and a half point dog in uh, Lucas Oil Field. That this has been the hardest one for me all week. I've had a hard time figuring this out um, both ways, over under and game, because both the Saints and Colts got in the shootouts last week, but then they the Saints have been playing unders all year. Uh, Minshew versus Carr. I, I mean, I, I, it's hard to have faith in New Orleans right now, but I got I got really nothing on that one. Uh, let's see. Oh, we got Browns and Seahawks. Uh, this game's in I like Seattle. I like Seattle by three a good bit in this game. Yeah. Cleveland's on a second straight road game. I don't know if Watson's going to play or not, but I mean, does it, it? It doesn't seem like it's going very well. He got knocked out last week. He got hurt a couple weeks before. Uh, I mean, I think Seattle at home here, it has some value in that game. Kansas City goes to Denver. The Chiefs giving seven and a half. I don't think, I don't think uh, Taylor's going to be there. So, I mean, that, that really changes everything for the Chiefs. I know. I mean, what, are they, what are the TV cameras going to do? I, know. Uh, I know. You just KC hadn't lost to Denver since 2015. You just can't go against that. I mean, it, even like, even though I just preached the home underdog and division thing, I mean, KC hadn't lost them in eight years. And, uh, that's that's too much for me to go against uh, personally. Baltimore goes to Arizona. The uh, Ravens giving eight in Phoenix. <laughs> kind of smell a rat here. Uh, you saw what happened to Dallas out in Arizona a few weeks ago. I know Arizona hadn't played quite as well on the road, but they've been fighting at home. Baltimore's off a big win at home over Detroit. I mean, maybe Baltimore wins and doesn't cover, but uh, I kind of think I might, I'm looking at Arizona here. I'm dog. Uh, interesting game in, in uh, San Francisco. The the Bengals head out there get, getting five and a half against the Niners, who have not like, played well particularly lately. No, I like Cincy plus five and a half. I think the Bengals played, but they're coming off a bye. They won two in a row before it. Five and a half is a lot of points in what should be a very, very close game. I uh, also think the Bengals have a very good pass defense, but their run D isn't as good, so I think the Niners got to try to grind it out and run. But give me the Bengals plus five and a half. The Bears head to uh, L.A. to play the Chargers. How is this Sunday night, Neil? How is this Sunday night? I, I, I don't know how this happened. Bears an eight-and-a-half-point uh, underdog in L.A. I don't just like – I love the Chargers. I think they're going to win like 34-10. to 10. Uh, The Bears, people are going to get thrown off because the Bears beat the Raiders 30-12 to 12 last week, and the Chargers have lost the last couple, and so it throws people off this one. Uh, for the Chargers to be this big a favorite, but I don't know if you saw the stat. Whoever that, I forgot the kid, the 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 vegan or whatever the Bears rookie quarterback was, started last week. Neil, average air yards per throw in an NFL game last week, two point one yards in the air per pass. What? Yeah. How is that real? And so now a team gets to prepare for that, you know. Yeah, and then the Chargers Sunday night they need a win off losing the Cowboys and the Chiefs. I think this is just a just a total. Just waxing in every way, and so I really like the Chargers. Uh, the last game, the Raiders head to Detroit. Detroit coming off a shellacking against the uh, against the Ravens. The uh, Lions giving eight at home on Monday night. I mean, you got to be Detroit off that bad loss. Getting a Monday night home game should come out pretty fired up here, and the Raiders stink. So I, I think I like Detroit by eight. You know, I think this is a good bounce back spot off that game. And then you know, when's the last time Detroit never gets Monday night home game? It's gonna be super fired up there. So. Yeah, they'll be they'll be jacked up. It'll be like a thing. Detroit, I think that's most. Let's see if there's any. I think we might have. Yeah, I think we got. Yep, I think we got all of them. 
Uh, yep, we did. So, but yeah, I kind of got some strong opinions in NFL this week again, and uh, I feel like the board. I'm probably gonna like not go too heavy college because I'm not like really in love with everything, and then I'm gonna, you know, I've been doing better on Sundays anyway. Even though I've won the last two, my last two Saturdays been good too. All right, last thing we mentioned the Bears just then. Uh, they're they're based in Chicago. You're about to be based in Chicago as well. What's up with the move? You're about to. Have- yeah, so I'm in New Orleans today, uh, taping this. But by the time this is aired on Friday, I'll be up there. Uh, got a long drive Thursday. I'm going to pass through Oxford, uh, I think, for lunch tomorrow. Um, basically, what's going on, uh, my, my lead starts November 1st, but I'm actually playing a Mid-States Poker Tour event this weekend. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool because my social media being big and my Poker World ties, I get some cool stuff out of the Poker World promotionally to play events. And so I'm getting up there early. I feel like it was just something I couldn't pass up. And, uh, yeah, the new office, so got some Barstool Chicago news, the big new office rollout. It's like, they're, they're, it's kind of like a soft opening of the restaurant. Like part of my takes in there this week and the streams are in there, but the big opening week is going to be November 6th week. And we've got the Barstool Classic with Mississippi State, Arizona State, Florida Atlantic and Loyola Chicago that week. Uh, so basically, I'm going to get up to Chicago next week. I'm worried about moving in and getting settled. And then the next week we'll be, we'll be in the office and, uh, a lot of people are asking about Wake Up Mitzi. No official announcement yet, but it's coming back, and then it, it's you know it's got to get set up in the, in the office. But we're gonna we're gonna bring the most notorious uh, two week old morning show in maybe the history of life back. So. <laughs> well, hey, uh, <laughs> on tape on a thirty second tape delay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, get a tape delay for God's sake. No more karaoke. No yeah, no, yeah, no more no more lyrics. Stay no away. more rap songs, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, we'll uh, we'll let you go. Have a safe travels uh, all the way up to uh, Chicago. I think you'll love it. I, it's it, I, I think it's a cool city. I know that it gets there's some stuff that that people read about and hear about, but there's also parts of that city that are fantastic. I think you'll I think you'll love it. And I'm at our new office is in West Loop, and I'm living in West Loop, which is a real nice neighborhood, like ten minutes west of downtown. And I, I'm super. I'm across the board. You know, you always have mixed emotions, and I've obviously been moving around a lot. I have, like, the most convenient life of all time in uptown New Orleans. I walk everywhere. I have 20 friends that go back 15 years or more. You know, it's a very easy, convenient life. But, like, when Big Cat and PFT and Erica all sat me down saying, we, like, think you need to move to Chicago for your career. We think you can do something really big. Like, how do I not listen to that? And other than the cold, I can't come up with a negative. All of my favorite Barstool people are there, and, uh, you know, nothing's forever. So I'm, I'm excited to get in, get yeah. started rolling. That's what I tell my kids all the time. You can always go home. You can always go home. You can always, you can always, it's okay if something, not that you're going to fail, don't get me wrong, but it's okay if things don't go as planned. You can always, you can always go home, but sometimes you gotta, you gotta press yourself a little. You gotta, you, you gotta get uncomfortable. Growth comes from discomfort. I, I totally. I totally agree. That's what the New York thing was for me. And then also, I want to mention this. There's a vibe right now and an energy that I'm feeling after turning 40. And a lot of it, you know, I'm getting geared up in St. Jude Half Marathon in December in Memphis. But there's like a new energy about me. And I've never had more confidence than I have right now. And it's the, it's the health thing. It's the health thing for sure. And I feel like my star at Barstool, I, mean, I think I've done very well so far, but I think I'm about to leap to a whole other level in this office. I think, you know, we, we're still just getting started, and I, I really think this is about to be a special era, and uh, I, I feel confident saying it. Well, I'm excited for you. I'll come up and see you. We'll catch a cup game together. Yeah, at some 
summertime, come see me when it's hot in the south, man. That's the beauty. Come on, come on. We'll do it. And uh, thanks, as always, for having me, Neil. Always enjoy it. Uh, next week, uh, we'll do it again before A&M for sure. And Absolutely. I want to mention this. Trying to make Athens. I think I'm going to make Athens. If, if Ole Miss wins the next two, I think I got it lined up to go to Athens. So that's going to be, uh, you know, I don't want to miss that one. All right, Benjamin, safe trip to Chicago. We'll talk to you soon. That was Ben Mintz. Appreciate his time today. Also, Blake Lovell of uh, Southeastern 14. Always great to catch up with uh, him as well. Uh, SEC basketball right around the corner. So uh, Ole Miss and Vanderbilt, Saturday night, 6, uh, Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. We'll have post-game show presented by Dead Soxy here on MPW Digital. Chase Parr will be hosting. I'll be at Vaught-Hemingway. I'll join him at some point after the game. So will Jeffrey Wright, Brian Rippey. And others, tons of content up at rebelgrove.com, also MPW Digital. So uh, check that out. More content coming to you on Friday morning as well. And then uh, obviously a full week of podcasts on MPW starting on Monday as we start turning the page from Vanderbilt to Texas A&M. So, again, uh, thanks to everybody at uh, Oxford Exxon for uh, hosting our shows for the last 10 years or so. It's incredible that it's been that long, but it has. We certainly appreciate Ben Craddock and all the people at Blue Sky and the Oxford Exxon. So until uh, next time, take care.